Yeah, sure. It's November 2nd, 2018. This is Acacia Thompson for Brooklyn Public Library's Greenpoint Oral History Project for Our Streets, Our Stories. I'm here today at the Swing and 60 Center on Manhattan in Ainsley, and I'm here with... Michael Lee Antonio. I've been a resident of this area for 75 years. I was born in the same house. I, I am not living there anymore. I sold it. And I live in Ridgewood now, but I still come back to the neighborhood because I love the neighborhood. Okay, um, when I was a landlord, I used to love to charge the rents, but now I don't like to charge. I don't, I don't want to pay the rents, so that's why I live in Ridgewood. Okay. All right, and tell me a little bit about the area that you grew well, up in. Well, I was born 1943. Okay, we owned a three-family house. Can you tell me what street it's, it's It was on? on Metropolitan Avenue. It was 852 Metropolitan Avenue. Okay, now it's a big conglomeration there because I sold the house after my wife passed away. Okay, and uh, I uh, didn't want to be a landlord anymore. <clears throat> and uh, so I went to St. Nicholas Catholic School, which was eight years of the worst time of my life. I'm going to be honest with you. I never liked it. Then I went to public school, Grover Cleveland High School. Then I uh, went a little bit to college, not much, but just a little bit. And then I got married to my childhood sweetheart. And uh, I was 21, we were ni she was 19. She lied to me about her age because at that time I was 16 and I thought she was 15. But she was 14, so I was a child molester. <laughs> well, we were together until we got married. Okay, but uh, that's the way it was back in that time. Okay, uh, I was married in uh, St. Francis Church, uh, 1964, and the priest that married me was Father Justice, and he ran away with the nun. So I thought for sure I wasn't married anymore. And my wife told me, no, we're married. And um, luckily so. Right, so tell me, tell me about uh, your work and-, and, and Well, I was, uh, I was lucky enough to be uh, a printer all my life, okay? I didn't work in the neighborhood. I worked in mostly Manhattan and Jersey and stuff like that. Uh, the average person in this neighborhood at that time worked for either Domino Sugar, the Pencil Factory, or Levitons, which were not high-skilled jobs, but they put bread on the table, okay? And uh, it was a very close-knit neighborhood, a little bit too close-knit, okay? But uh, very difficult to be uh, a little bit of an outsider here, okay? I'm, I'm gonna tell you that. It was difficult to be an outsider in this neighborhood. First of all, if you weren't Italian, you had a problem, okay? Italian or Polish? Mostly Polish and Greenpoint, okay? Now, in my estimate, the problem with this neighborhood was they were over-religious and undereducated. okay? 
which I will get a problem with that from some people, but it was the truth. And they were very low-skilled jobs in the area, so you had very low-skilled people, okay? And uh, I'd say the average IQ, which most of them couldn't spell, was IQ, but uh, was at least 20 or 30 points below average. But I was lucky enough to been educated, went to high school. I was one of the first ones to graduate. Most of these people in this neighborhood were out of school by the fourth, fifth grade, sixth grade. So. Well, tell me about how you, how you feel now about the neighborhood. The neighborhood now, in my estimate, this is me talking, Michael Antonio, which I will get a lot, a lot of feedback that it's not good. But I think that the millennials that are here now are the backbone of this neighborhood. They're educated. Some of them are probably religious, but I don't think over-religious. And they, uh, they're smart people. Most of them went to college. And uh, almost all of them, because when I rented out my house, I had uh, millennials there, and they were able to pay the rent, which was exorbitant, because that's the way the neighborhood turned out. And the, the uh, what did we call them, the leftovers, or the, uh, the originals, they hate everybody. They don't like anybody that is not Catholic, that is not Italian, and but yet they'll charge the rents as though they're uh, land barons now. Okay? You understand what I mean by a land baron? Okay. But I wouldn't want to rent from any of these people because they are not... I'm talking about the real old-timers now. I'm not talking about the new ones. I'm talking about the old-timers. They're, they're not a very nice group of people. They never were. Well, you're talking about how things are better now. Can you, yeah. can you give me some examples about how the neighborhood has changed? Well, now, now I could go into a up and uh, upscale coffee shop, get a cup of coffee, all right, and there's stimulating people there, and I I I uh, I have my coffee at Oslo every morning, okay, and I'm a regular there since when they opened up, and I met a lot of very highly educated people, which I can, no, it's all right, which I consider the backbone of our neighborhood. And what I like to see is that a lot of, they're not just transient people, a lot of them have put down roots and had babies here. And which I think is tremendous that these people are staying in the neighborhood. They may not stay forever, I don't expect them to die here like me, but they're gonna be here for a while and they're very social conscious and they're very political, which they should be, where these people, the originals, they'll vote for anybody that was Italian and uh, that's all they would vote for. Let me ask you one other question. 
uh, part of this project has to do with the environment and how the environment in Greenpoint has changed because we've got a real legacy. Of well, now solution. the Newtown Creek is finally clean enough that birds go in it, but you should have smelt it years ago. The odor was horrendous, and they were so stupid, the people. They actually said if you had a, a hooping cough or something like that to go down by the creek, and it would smell the odor, and it would cure you. This is what you had. This is what you had. Okay? Amazing. Yeah, and they actually believe that. Uh, that's why you have these processions in the neighborhood of all these mythical saints and mythical uh, beings, and uh, uh, this is unbelievable. Do you think people are sicker in Greenpoint than in other places? Of course of they are. That was a dumping ground of uh, toxic waste, okay, especially on the north side where a lot of uh, people are living now, but I wouldn't live on the north side because it was a dumping ground. There was a paint factory that was there and dumped everything underneath some of the ground in Greenpoint has got more gasoline in it than water. You understand what I'm talking about? There's gasoline leakage throughout the whole Greenpoint area. And it's toxic. It's toxic. So, in other words, they must have had some kind of lead poisoning. Okay? That could be the reason why they're mostly that stupid. Okay? It's because of the lead poisoning. But I was lucky enough on my side, that's on the other side of the BQE, where the library is, See, I was on Metropolitan Avenue where it was more gentrified than on the other side of the expressway, okay? And that was the dividing line, was the expressway. Then you got uh, the Hasidic community, which mostly stays to themselves. And uh, to me, they really don't bother nobody, but uh, a lot of people hate them. You know, actual hate. Okay. And uh, that's about it. That's about it. But this was a very gangster-ridden neighborhood. A lot of gangsters in this neighborhood. Because anywhere where you got poor people, it's able, you're, you could prey on them. Okay? And that's what they did. They preyed on the gangsters in this neighborhood. You have some gangsters that are still here. You have one that's a hundred, over a hundred years old, okay, and he's not active anymore, but he's still alive. I mean, uh, you have gangsters in this neighborhood from the, from the word go. People played the numbers. People, play. in this neighborhood, nothing was ever done unless it was to excess. Excess in gambling, excess in drinking and guests in excess womanizing, beating their wives, all that kind of stuff. A woman in this neighborhood at that time didn't have a chance, okay? I'm gonna give you one example. There was not about a woman, about a gay. Now, I'll be honest with you, when I was a kid, 
in this neighborhood, I was very anti-gay. Now I've met a lot of gay people and I've changed my mind about them. Tremendous, one of my best friends is gay, okay? And he, we had a guy in the neighborhood, his name was, we used to call him Junior Mary, okay? The guy could only come at night to visit his mother on Metropolitan Avenue because if he came during the day, he was subjected to all kinds of harassment. At 10, 11 years old, I kind of felt that was wrong. But I have to admit that up until about 20 years ago, I was pretty much like them. Okay. So, so the way the neighborhood has sort of changed has oh, opened your eyes? Forget about it. Forget about yeah. it. The neighborhood has changed me. Oh, that's such a nice sentiment. Well, it's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. It hasn't changed a lot of people, but it has changed me. Oh. I, I am more tolerant now of people. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you even asking me. Because <laughs> I'm not very well, even though I'm on the board here and I'm the board upstairs, but they have to get somebody like with a, an IQ of above room temperature 